My name is Dr. Joe McVeigh. I am chair of the Partners Working Group for the XR for Rehab Collaboration and Innovation Network. Part of our mission at XR for Rehab is to build a network of researchers, technologists, SMEs and innovators that will revolutionise rehabilitation through the use of technology. If you would like to be part of this revolution, please follow the link on our website and join the XR for Rehab Collaboration and Innovation Network. I'm delighted to welcome you to this podcast series, which will introduce you to some of the thought leaders, researchers and innovators in XR for Rehab. I hope you'll enjoy the conversations and discussions. So this is the first podcast in our series with the XR for Rehab Consortium. Um, I'm delighted to have Nigel Khan with me here today, who is a technology entrepreneur. Um, my name is Joe McVeigh. I am the head of physiotherapy in University College Cork. Um, and I'm going to talk to Nigel today about some of the work that he's doing with um, his VR intervention around the management and the education around chronic pain. Um, so, Nigel, could you tell me a little bit about your background? I know you trained originally as a radiographer and then moved into uh, health technology and communication and you're now an entrepreneur. Tell me a little bit about your background and your journey to date. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a great journey, Joe. Uh, so I did, I started off as a radiographer, so science background, uh, worked in the hospital system in Australia and then had a career shift and I went back and did a Masters of Commerce focusing in technology and communications. And then I spent the next 20 years running a communications agency that focused on how do we communicate high science concepts better to patients. Um, okay. You know, as healthcare professionals, we have 10,000 words in our vocabulary that the normal average day person in the street doesn't. So how do we best communicate that? And then that evolved, obviously, as technology changed and doing a lot of work in technology through to the point uh, now, three years ago, when I met um, up with Laura Mimosley, Professor Laura Mimosley, and we started really looking at the challenge of how do we communicate modern pain science effectively to patients, and VR ended up being a really powerful platform for us to use. Okay, and, and, and I've used your, 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 your VR tool. It's fantastic. It's really, really good. It's really, you really become immersed in it. And I, I guess the learning from it is, is um, it, really, it really transcends what we do as clinicians in terms of how we educate our patients. So I suppose for, for those of us that want to bring that into clinical practice and we want to use it with our patients, how do we go about doing that? How do we get this here, this here technology into the clinic, into the physiotherapist's science so they can use it with their patients? Yeah, it's a really good point. And you mentioned the word tool, which I think is really important, right? Because this is a tool for clinicians to use with their patients, like lots of other tools. It's not a replacement for them. It's to be built into their practice. And I think two key things are really important in that. One is ensuring that clinicians can understand how this tool can be used. And we talk about the tool being a VR headset. What I really think about is the application that's on the headset. What's the information that we're getting across to individuals and how can that be useful for a clinician? So to really answer your question, clinicians need to understand how it can benefit their practice, why VR can add value to what they do. And that's one of the beautiful, powerful things about VR in terms of its ability to alter the sensory perception and communicate in ways that clinicians in their practice can't. And that is a lot of education of clinicians, right? If you don't have an understanding today of VR or you see it as a, a gaming device, sure. we need to build that credibility and understanding around what is it that we're pushing down that medium that can be really powerful for them to use. I, I suppose clinicians will ask, 
why do I need to do this? You know, the, we have the books, we have you know, we have computers, we've got websites. Why do I need to do this? What is it that's different about this here that is going to allow me to educate my patients better? It's going to allow my patients to engage with the material better. Sometimes that that can be a challenge. You, you say about the, about language, the language we use with our patients, of course, is way above their understanding, and we talk over the top of them very often. We don't engage with them at a level that they can engage with and understand. So what is it about this here approach that is different, that is better, that will have better results than what traditional, than what we would use traditionally? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question and it's a really big question. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if we try and break that down, um, what we know is when we're talking chronic pain and modern pain science to patients, and when we did a lot of interviews with clinicians and patients, they've come away from a course learning about this and then they execute it, possibly not to the best of their ability because they're, they're learning. And a lot of patients turn around and, and say, look, I think Joe just told me the pain's in my head. You know, that understanding sure. of, um, of, of what pain is. And the big challenge is how do you actually convince somebody who's had a long-term belief that their pain is caused by a specific thing. And one of the things we're actually doing here is not just educating patients, we're trying to change their opinions. And changing people's opinions are really, really difficult. So VR has the great ability as an immersive and interactive technology to actually not just tell them a story, but they can actually participate in that story. We can change sensory perception. We can put them on a virtual edge of a cliff. We can visibly make them feel a stimulus response of vertigo, even though logically they know they're standing in a carpeted floor of a clinician's room, but we've been able to completely change the sensory stimuli to create a new response. And that's something that clinicians can't do themselves. They can tell a great story and they can communicate well, but the ability for VR to be interactive and change sensory input to the brain is the big thing that I believe differentiates its ability to be a really powerful communication tool, especially when we're talking modern neuroscience concepts. So quite hard for the individuals to potentially understand if they're a layperson. Sure, and, and you, you said something that really resonates in that the clinician needs to understand it. The clinician needs to know what they're talking about essentially. And that, and that while we, we, we could sort of assume that all clinicians have the same understanding of pain science, that somebody's really immersed in it, that somebody really understands, but that's not the case. Yeah, a, a lot of physiotherapists don't, and a lot of physiotherapists, and a lot of physiotherapists training, and I'm, I'm guessing occupational therapists training, is about finding the source of the pain yeah. and fixing it, which is a very, very outdated approach to you know, modern pain science. But that's not unusual in, in, in physiotherapy practice. So, and if, if um, a pain science approach is used inappropriately, then it's, it's awful. It's awful. And it really does reinforce that message. They said it's all in my head. There's nothing wrong with me. The physio said there's nothing broken that they can't fix it. And all those negative messages the patient will come away with. So tell me a little bit about your thoughts around how we do that, how we educate the clinicians, and especially, given my background as an educator, how do we get it into the curriculum? What do we do? Yeah, it's <laughs> Another big question. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. That's <laughs> such an important one, right? Because if we don't have the clinician on board with these new concepts, then we're never going to get it through to the patient, right? So... You know, what we're seeing in Australia now is that universities are using our VR tool as a way to train their postgraduate physiotherapy students. 
to bring this knowledge in. So A, it's great that modern pain science is in the curriculum and that's fantastic. And for new physiotherapists coming through, that means they're being trained in the right way. They're experiencing these tools now. So they come out seeing the value and understanding the value for them straight away, which is really powerful. The challenge is for those like myself, maybe who are older and have been trained in the, in the former knowledge. And now we're trying to change their mindset. And that's also one of the areas where we're finding it VR to be really useful because whilst we've designed a tool for the patients, we're finding it's just as powerful for clinicians as well. They've heard these messages before, but maybe they haven't understood them properly. When they experience these things as well, it's a reinforcement that, okay, these messages are real. It's not just a lecture I went to. People are actually investing in technology and information to continue to drive these messages forward. It's a bigger concept. It's a bigger idea than just one or two people talking about, I need to sit up and pay attention. Um, but how we get into the curriculums, um, yeah, that's a big challenge. And we need to continue to fly the flag and send the messages because at the end of the day, we know the needs there. These patients need modern approaches to treatment. We can't continue to do the same things we've done. Absolutely. And I know, I know um, Professor Cormac Ryan from Teesside University, he takes another approach in that they take a, a public health approach to doing that. And again, is that something where we should be going rather than thinking of chronic pain as, you know, a, a, as a health condition, it's really a public health condition and we need to move into society in general and we need to educate the public and they need to have access to tools such as this to get a greater understanding of pain and where we all suffer pain and how pain affects us and how we should think about pain rather than having it in a medical and in the, the healthcare arena in that you go to your doctor, physio, whatever to get fixed. But we need to move it into the, the public health space that it becomes something that everybody understands and talks about. Uh, absolutely, and I couldn't agree more. I think um, you know what's changed over the, the last 40 years is the idea that your doctor or your clinician is the one who gives you all the information and you're the passive receiver of it is gone. The internet changed that 30 years ago. People seek out information. They look for information before they've even gone to their doctor. So absolutely, not just pain, but in a lot of areas, we need to make them you know, um, uh, more publicly available. And pain in particular, because it's A, such a big burden on society, and there are so many people living in chronic pain, but B, because there are long-held beliefs of things they were taught that when they were young, that if you're in pain, you shouldn't move because you're doing damage. Right? We now know that that message is not correct. But if we actually don't address it at a public health level, that patient may not even go to a physio in the first place because they are sitting there going, well, I'm in pain, it's hurting, I shouldn't move, why would I go to a clinician that I formally associate with movement? So it's crucial. Absolutely, and that, that, that concept that hurt equals harm is still, still prevalent, it's still there. It's still, you know, people, people have that, it's embedded in our society. Um, and that maybe comes back to something you said earlier about communication, about how we communicate and how we deliver those messages. And I wonder, and not just within the chronic, chronic pain space, but in the virtual world, is there a way we need to think about how we communicate and the, the whole notion of health literacy in the virtual space? Is that something that we think about? Is that something that we should, should be considering when we're developing your VR tools or when we're moving into that clinical space in the virtual world? Is that different from the leaflet we give our patient that has to be readable by a 10-year-old 
what do we think about when we're thinking about um, the health literacy in the virtual world? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, this is a passion point of mine. Health literacy is spans all communication tools. Right? So whether you're developing a leaflet or a brochure or a website or a VR application, we need to be bringing the same principles of health literacy, literacy to all those things. Right? That level of being to ensure that the the level of understanding is simple to understand. We're not using jargon. We've all been to uni and done science degrees. We love using these big words, yeah. <laughs> but we've got to use everyday language. Um, I'll give you a really great example. I was at a, um, I was at a seminar that, that Professor Mosley was running, and it was in a blue-collar area in Australia, and he'd talked about the importance of movement and loading. And I interviewed patients afterwards, and there was one guy who worked in a warehouse, and he was a forklift driver, and he said, what's movement and loading? What does he mean by that? So even simple language that we think is every day, we've really got to understand the context of where they're coming from so we can communicate it. So I couldn't agree with your question and your comment more. Health literacy spans everything that we're doing. Absolutely. Um, and, and again, another thing that is very common, particularly from a physiotherapy perspective, when we're thinking about exercise, um, we often talk about a dose-response relationship. When we're thinking about neuroscience education is there a dose response relationship this isn't a, uh, this isn't something you give you know load somebody with all this information once and all of a sudden it's they've got it and they walk away how do, how do we overcome that how often do people need to experience those messages how do we engage with them on a regular basis so that the, the very deeply embedded misunderstanding and misapprehensions we start to break that down so how often do we need to think about engaging with our patients around us yeah over and over and over again right and in different ways um there's no point telling the same message in the same way over and over right just repeating one thing doesn't make sense but if you can communicate the same message in different ways using different analogies sometimes they're experiential sometimes it's what the clinician talks to the patient about after they've taken a VR headset. Other times it's the public health messages that are out there, whether it be flipping pain or other things. What we should be trying to focus on is, are all those messages complementary and are they leading to the same end goal? And in a way then it doesn't matter whether it was the VR tool that flipped them over the edge or the message from their physio or the flipping pain tour. If they're consistent and repeatable they become the thing that the patient starts to say, I believe that, I understand it. I'm hearing it from enough sources now that it's really important. Um, and if I can just make one more comment on that. In the patient um, interviews we did, it was really strong the theme that was when I speak to health professionals about pain, depending upon who I speak to, I'll hear a different message. Right. Well, if you go and speak to somebody about diabetes, there'll be a consistency of language and messages and how they approach that. But in pain, if you go and speak to a surgeon, an interventionist, a psychologist, a physio, you may hear 10 different types of messages about what causes pain and what you should do. So consistency of language across all those things is absolutely crucial. And, and that comes back to how we communicate and the health literacy piece that we're talking about. Um, we're, we're going to wrap up now in a few minutes, but I'd just like your thoughts about how do you see the future developing or what would you like to see a, the future of pain science 
and combining it with, with, with VR and the virtual world and XR and all these new uh, approaches that we can have, how do you see that developing in the future? Where are we going? Yeah, so future gazing is always a challenging one, but I think what's really important is that the big advantage of these new technologies like VR or AR is our ability to do things that you can't do in a clinic, to change sensory perception, to move people from a safe environment to a more dangerous environment and allow them to experience that feeling of their protection system turning on because it's it's not just pain sometimes it's 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 heat if you've got your hands over a virtual fire it's you know standing on the edge of the cliff so what i would like to see is a much greater acceptance of these tools and why they're useful as opposed to just a shiny new tool um, and if we recognize the benefits and we use them in an appropriate way then they become really powerful, right? If you've got a really powerful video about modern pain science today, there's no point putting it in VR because VR won't be any better video player than the video. But if we use the immersive attributes of VR, the ability to engage and interact with the message, uh, the ability to change stimulus response, that's when it becomes really powerful. And I think for me, in the early days, people talked about VR as the tool. Right. To me, VR is the medium that delivers the message. And what we need to be ensuring we, are, we do and understand is how do messages inside VR work best and how do we best design them? And I think we're starting to see that. Um, and certainly when you come to a conference like this and you see the information coming out, it's evolving and getting better every year. And, and that's what excites me, the ability to use this technology appropriately to deliver the right message in the right way, in an interactive way that engages people's senses. And, and, and absolutely. Um, and it's, it's about the message and it's about how the message is delivered and how it's experienced. So you get the visual experience, you get the auditory, auditory experience, you get all that sensory overload and that reinforces the message that's coming through. It's not a different message that you get in the book, yeah. but it's the way it's experienced and it's how it's experienced and the, the impact that, that, that that has on the patient who, of course, we're all focused on at all times. But um, absolutely. Thank you very much for your time, Nigel. It's been a great conversation, and I look forward to the next conversation we have. Fantastic, Joe. Thanks all for All the best. Me. Thanks a million.